devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. Eighty-five percent of the teenagers in high school have been exposed to hardcore Satanism. Jesus wants me to live an abundant human life. Satan's pretty cool. Hello and welcome to Fake Ritual, A Fool's Guide to Pop Culture and the Occult, uncovering an esoteric world of myth, magic, and mystery hidden deep within your favorite media. I am your host, Lucas Sloppy, and with me today, they are a musician, an artist, and I wager a guess, an occultist. Please welcome to the show, Bat St. Chip. Hello, Bat. Hello. How are you? I'm I'm great. Ready to talk about uh, Twin Peaks. Hell yeah. We already gave it away as if it wasn't already in the title of the show. But, uh, well, before we get to the topic, tell the fakers at home a little about yourself. I am an artist. I do some uh, oil paintings, uh, some pen drawings, and uh, they're all uh, influenced by the occult. Whether that's um, influenced by astrology or uh, Western esotericism or astral projection, it's all sort of dealing within that realm. Then I'm also in uh, the band uh, Grinhound. We are a punk rock band. We got uh, we have a couple of shows coming up September 25th at the Courts in uh, Polish Hill with Fugitive Bubble, great band from Olympia. And then uh, September 28th at The Rock Room, uh, your favorite cigarette smoky bar yes, yes. Uh, with Pack. Hell yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, with with a band, are there occult themes in um, the lyrics or in the, the approach? Yes. Even? So, uh, you know, with our uh, topic today, uh, we, we do have a song called uh, Rockets, which was inspired by uh, Jack Parsons, and I get, we'll, we'll talk about yes. him. Oh, yeah, we got mm-hmm. plenty to talk about. I see you got a fat stack of paper there, mm-hmm. bunch of scrawlings, and there's even a Kabbalic tree of life sitting yep. on the table here. Also, just for the listeners, I am at Bat's house, surrounded by said art, so definitely, mm-hmm. like, I don't know if at home you can tell, like, feel the vibes. It's, it's doing something. I'm definitely feeling it. But, uh, all right, on to our topic for today. Uh, and it is one that hardly needs any introduction. When it first aired, it took the country by storm and has subsequently remained a focal point for nerds, occultists, and general freaks worldwide. We are talking the avant-garde, soap operatic, police procedural, psychosexual drama that is Twin Peaks. Q. I guess, yeah, I'll probably put some little midi ditty of the... Uh, yeah. yeah, how's it go? Dum, bum. Wait, well, yeah. <laughs> Pro- yeah probably should just put it in there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but before we get into what the show means to us, and particularly you, Bat, uh, here's just a few factoids for context sake. Get this out of the way. Uh, in case somebody's been living under a rock. Uh, the show was created by Mark Frost and David Lynch, and it premiered on ABC on April 8th, 1990. Ran for two seasons until its cancellation in 1991, 
Uh, season two was then followed by the feature film Twin Peaks Fire Walk With Me. Uh, it eventually returned for a third season in 2017 on Showtime. Uh, goes without saying, it is considered one of the greatest television shows of all time, uh, which is wild for how fucking weird it is. Uh, lauded by critics and audiences alike. And then just a quick little synopsis before we eventually probably spoil a lot of it. Uh, fair warning. The show follows an investigation headed by FBI Special Agent Dale Cooper. Cue applause and, you know, catcall whistles. Uh, and local sheriff Harry S. Truman into the murder of homecoming queen Laura Palmer in the fictional town of Twin Peaks, Washington. And the narrative draws on elements of... As we said before, detective fiction, but it's uncanny tone, supernatural elements, and campy melodrama, uh, melodramatic portrayals of eccentric characters also draw from American soap opera and horror tropes. And then, of course, like much of Lynch's work, it is distinguished by surrealism, offbeat humor, and distinctive cinematography. Uh, so, Bat, uh, before we get into that occultic meat that is in the papers sitting in front of you... Uh, tell us a little bit about, you know, your history with the show, when you discovered it, what stood out to you, and then why you chose to talk about it here um, at Fake Ritual. So I first saw a fire walk with me in uh, Twin Peaks, Twin Peaks, San Francisco. Okay. And um, is that no? That is a venue. It's a place. Twin Peaks within the city of, of San, San Francisco. Francisco. Okay. So it's by like Hate Ashbury, Got like you. up a great big it's like hill. A district. At my um, aunt's house. And I was uh, totally horrified and uh, very confused. And it wasn't until uh, years later a friend uh, showed me the series because he thought I would like it. And I started to watch it and saw how it was related to the occult and um yeah just saw it as like a big great puzzle uh to explore yeah and there's just endless um things you could research about it uh so yeah it's just kept my interest for a very very long time yeah how old were you when you saw firewalk with me oh man i was probably like 20 okay no, no. Like, uh -uh. like 12 or something. It's probably like 19 or 20. No, that would be... Because so many guests on the show, we cover, you know, The Exorcist and different kind of like fucked up, you know, yeah, media. And it's kind of a recurring theme of, of like people 10. being like, yeah, my cool uncle showed it to yeah. me. And I definitely saw luckily, The Exorcist I when it. I was 10. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but so you saw it, yeah, when you were like 20. Mm -hmm. uh, well, yeah, what's been your general history with the occult? Like, were you into it when you initially saw uh, so when i was really young i was interested in uh, fairies and oh, yeah. uh so that they were kind of like the gateway and i picked up like <laughs> a, a book, gateway um, on, um, on uh, a wicca when i was maybe like 12 yeah. and yes. it got to the topic of astral uh, projection i was like oh i want to do that and so it 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 told you to like choose a line to um Say over and over and over, like, while you're going to sleep. So mm -hmm. from age 12 to age um, 17, I would do that. And then I started to, like, spontaneously um, astral project. And um, that it was pretty horrifying. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> experience. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I had a, 
we you know a plethora of experiences on the the astral realm and currently i kind of like toned it down and then now just do like grounding um work but i I'd still still work with the fairies and get get some communication uh, yeah from, I, from time to time i find it's like if you speak with people about you know supernatural experiences and uh you know general woo woo kind of stuff it's like if they haven't been at least horrified at some point. Like, I kind of become suspicious, you know, if they're too, like, positive about every experience they've had. Or, yeah, I'm psychic, and it's great. Like, no. I love it all yeah. the time, and I'm kind of like... Probably be horrible you, to be telepathic. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't seem more like you're a medium, like, mm-hmm. so things are speaking through you, and you're, like, totally cool with that since... During, you, uh... You know, during college, it would like I would actually project every single night, and to the point where I would have to like take sleeping pills to actually like go to sleep. Yeah, you just like I'd have uh, things like biting my hand or like whispering in my ear, and so that's like your, you know, to relate it to Twin Peaks, that's like your astral double or mm, your your doppelganger, doppelganger that yeah. like you meet on the threshold uh, to go to like outer space or inner planes and if you you know um if if you are courageous and you sort of breathe through it um those hypnagogic hallucinations they go away and you're Mm. able to like walk around the room but that's a pretty hard uh task and i have not perfected that in any sense Diane, 11.30 a.m., February 24th, entering the town of Twin Peaks. It's five miles south of the Canadian border, 12 miles west of the state line. Never seen so many trees in my life. As W.C. Fields would say, I'd rather be here than Philadelphia. Well, all right. Let's, let's get scary now. Let's get weird. Let's get upsetting. Let's get... Lynchian, whatever you want to call it. Uh, you got this, these, a stack of paper in front of you. You got theories. You got ideas pertaining to the show. Hit me with them, and I will do my best to uh, help the listener understand what we're talking about. And as I've said in past episodes to the people at home, if you partake of the devil's lettuce, you might as well do it now. Because, as again, I've said many, many times, this is not a research-based podcast you will not be tested on this information you're just here to have a good time and get lost in the sauce with us so bat take it away all right um to give some context of where i'm getting this information and uh, where my theories arise from it is uh the secret history of twin peaks by mark frost uh the secret history uh, follows Agent Tamara Preston, uh, who you meet in The Return. Uh, she is given... Which is... A, the Return is the third season. It is the third season. And this is a book that you're talking about. Yeah, this yeah. is a Mark Frost book, the the lesser known of the two uh, yes. big names on the show. And um, Tamara, Tamara Preston receives a dossier of papers uh, about people from Twin Peaks. And it starts with uh, Lewis and Clark and their adventures in uh, the Spokane, Washington area. Um, 
But uh, to fast forward a little bit, I'm going to be talking about uh, Dougie Milford. Uh, there's Dwayne and Dougie Milford, mm. who you meet uh, in season two. The mayor, right? Uh, the old yes. kind of senile, like cute but sad mm-hmm. mayor. So yeah. uh, Dwayne Milford's the mayor of Twin Peaks. Uh, by the time you meet Dougie Milford in the second season, I believe he um, is the... He owns the Twin Peaks Gazette. Um, yeah, so um, Joey and Dougie Milford, they're Boy Scouts. It's 1927. Um, Dougie Milford's on a Boy Scout trip in the woods, and he sees a large owl as big as a human. He reports this back to um, the Boy Scouts, and they basically think he's crazy and he gets, you know, exiled from the Boy Scouts and starts his life as, like, a, a bad kid. Um, he... <laughs> I love that. Yeah, once you're out of the Boy Scouts. That's what happened to me once I got kicked out of the Boy <laughs> yeah, Scouts. Yeah, you just yeah. start smoking weed. No Pinewood Derby, but, yeah, Going a hot topic. Yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> yeah. So he uh, joins the Air Force uh, after Pearl Harbor and starts to uh, black market booze and cigarettes and is demoted and gets sent to White Sands uh, Missile Range in New Mexico uh, in 1945. And for those of you that don't know, uh, the White Sands uh, Missile Range in New Mexico is where the first um, atom bomb detonation happens. Okay, yes. For, yeah, I'm sure people have seen Oppenheimer recently mm-hmm. and i think yeah that's where it's being tested at yeah. Right? yeah so yeah if you've seen oppenheimer he gets sent to that uh, okay. missile range site um and just for further clarification sure. the book and what's it called again uh, the, the secret secret, secret bleh, the secret history, history of twin, of twin peaks. peaks written by just mark frost by right? just mark frost i did yeah i saw david lynch explicitly said like this is mark's history Mm-hmm. Like so, he didn't he didn't read it, but they created yeah. the show together. Yeah, and, uh, and it is laid out. These are kind of like laid out like evidence mm-hmm. that this TP Tamara Tamara Agent Tamara Preston Tamara Preston is mm-hmm. going through. Yes, so that's kind of where. Yeah, just in case we didn't clarify. That sure. And um, so he then um, well, he then gets into Roswell, uh, New Mexico. Um, and a crash happens there on, uh, what, really? What? Yeah, on, on July 5th <laughs> and he actually, he drives out and he sees the debris Yeah, is later arrested, um, and is interviewed and mentions to the air force interviewee that, you know, this, something like this has happened before and. I assume like mentions the owl. Um, oh, okay. The owl sighting and, um, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I do believe owls are often cited with like uh, UFO encounters. Oh, I think really? from what like it's wow. a common like owls are not what I, they seem. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Or at least, and at the very least, they're just like spooky animals, mm-hmm. and even like, and I guess associated of, with like bad spirits, yeah, maybe, and like native and yeah lore. omens, mm-hmm. but also. Uh, and I'm not even sure if you'll touch on this, uh, but you very well could. The Mothman, I believe, of oh, yeah. Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Some people, like those, you know, wet blanket skeptics have said that they just think it was a, a, big, a owl. big owl. But yeah. 
maybe like a human-sized owl. Mm-hmm. Pretty scary stuff. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, he gets assigned to a project signed by the Air Force, which is like a real um, investigative, investig- I can't say it. Investigatory? Investig- investigative <laughs> Investig- task force <laughs> yeah. uh, by the Air Force um, that was assigned to uh, look into a series of UFO flaps that started happening around that time. Yeah, this probably, I'll, I guess that is how I will scrutinize what you're saying is by at least you're saying this is a real yes. thing like uh well at and, least the task force the maybe task force. maybe not Dougie Milford okay yeah yes mm-hmm. just trying to yeah distinguish between i mean this is perfect for the show because yeah it's a lot of fake information mm-hmm. mixed in with real stuff so like i'm already my head's already starting to spin yeah but. so the roswell thing the crash really happened yes dougie milford's our guy to like take us on a tour yes. of these uh real uh life ufo events what he'll take us to jack parsons essentially okay yes yeah, yes yeah. um yeah uh, so he starts to investigate a series of ufo flaps and interviews kenneth arnold a real guy okay um who sees uh, nine uh, saucer-like UFO. Well, UFO isn't um, a word at the time. Okay, yeah. A saucer-like saucer-like aircrafts near uh, Mount Rainier, and these uh, nine UFO crafts um, were also spotted by I think Fred Crisman and Harold Dahl. Um, also, pe- real, real people. Real people. Um. And they actually had fragments of the crash. Um, and some pieces of these crafts actually mm. uh, killed a dog and a worker on a boat. Jeez. Um, now, this is worth asking. Do you believe in aliens? Um, well, yeah, I, mean, big, I big question. definitely yeah. think there's entities out there that are more intelligent uh, than humans and that we're not alone. Do you think they've contacted us? Um, yeah, I guess it's subjective. Yeah. Um, cause then it bears the question, like in what way is it like a psychic contact mm-hmm. or a like real nuts and bolts, like spaceship. Definitely landing? seen an unidentified, uh, yeah. flying object. God, lucky. I felt mm-hmm. when it I was, was a kid. real casual. Yeah. I feel mm-hmm. like that. Did it make you feel anything? I know there's people no. report like feelings of either calmness or like terror. It was a craft. Well, it was like a bunch of a grouping of lights, mm-hmm. and it was broad daylight in Grants mm. Pass, Oregon. And so it was, the craft was like maybe the red and red and like green lights, and they like came down over a restaurant and then went over to a sa- the side. And the, you know, like airplanes don't do that. Yeah, like they don't yeah. like move in the sort of like angular uh, fashion. And then I went to the restaurant um, that we were seeing a band at, and the the band actually had a, a CD with a UFO on it, so yeah. Dang, yeah. What are the synchronicities? Mm-hmm. Um. So Harold Dahl, the man whose dog was was killed mm-hmm. by um. Cover um, your ears. Uh, we're we're in the room with Bat's dog Timber. Dog? So yeah. this is it. Didn't really happen, Timber. <laughs> Whose, whose dog was killed by the UFO um, pieces. He's uh, later approached by um, Dougie Milford. And okay. um, he's told to like not talk about this stuff. Sort of positing uh, Dougie as uh, the first uh, man in black. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool, cool. 
And then um, Dougie um, also investigates some other uh, UFO um, <clears throat> UFO uh, sightings within, yeah. um, like one within Twin Peaks and some other ones. Uh, he eventually um, investigates uh, Jack White side parsons okay mm -hmm. now do you know is to what extent mark frost is into this stuff like he's have you super it? into it yeah okay yeah. that's and do you yeah. know if that was before the like joining up with david lynch like i'm pretty uh i'm pretty sure um i have a book over there it's by dion fortune it's called psychic uh, on psychic self-defense. Okay. And he got the idea for the Black Lodge. Um, okay. For, from that book. And she actually says, like, if you approach, uh, get approached by a Black Lodge or if you're, like, dealing with the Black Lodge, call the cops. Okay. Call the cops. <laughs> yeah, call the cops. <laughs> yeah, they would be, they would be really receptive to that. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, it's just, I, I'd been wondering that, like, just somebody that would have to be in a writer's room with David Lynch. Like, mm -hmm. it would take a particular type of person and i don't know an, enough about mark frost to like i think he infer that but another like murder mystery book or a mystery book i haven't read it where helena blotvatsky is one of the characters okay. yeah him. wow so he it was like a match made in heaven mm -hmm. <laughs> well yes i believe jack parsons is showing up here all right yeah uh jack wyside parsons he's born 1914 he was this is a real person. The re a real person. Uh, he was the founder of Jet Propulsion Laboratory. Uh, some key things to note. He pioneered liquid and solid rocket fuel, and he invented the first rocket to use a castable. Not sure what that really means, but he was like totally self-made. Someone that's listening knows. Yeah. <laughs> right to me. Self-made, self-taught. Um, he has, like, no on-the-book qualifications, um, but uh, uh, he became affiliated with Guggenheim Aeronautical Laboratory, um, Rocket Research Group, and um, I, the modern NASA, essentially. This is, like, a very... I feel like he's a very American figure in that he's representative of kind of the ideal of the meritocracy. Mm -hmm. Like you're saying, like it wasn't really who he knew so, like so much as just like sheer force of will that got him mm -hmm. where he was. I mean, probably to a degree who he knew, but he definitely didn't have the credentials to exactly. get him where he was. He didn't was have like the, the on the, the paper official. education. Yeah, it's cool to know and also kind of terrifying to mm -hmm. know that he just was able to be like, I know what I'm talking about. Let me blow shit up. And they're like, yeah, we'll yeah, get you some know, money. Uh, he eventually converts to the Lemma, which is Aleister Crowley's mm -hmm. uh, religion in 19, 1939 and was briefly a uh, Marxist. Um, was, there was a lot of, I believe, nerds, like not nerds, but like different uh, intellectuals, like uh, academics in the Lemma, mm -hmm. from what I understand. I think, I think so. In I, general, I feel like, yeah, mm -hmm. you if you run in any kind of occult circles, it's like there is a certain type that is kind of prevalent throughout. I guess I'm a hermit and I don't know. Oh, okay. Well, that's, that's the way to go. Mm -hmm. and, well, and then he eventually becomes the head of the Agape Lodge uh, in 1941 in California. And so during his interview with Dougie Milford, our um, Twin Peaks Man in Black, he talks about his relationship with uh, L. Ron Hubbard and uh, references Babylon working, which yeah. had the goal of summoning Zeta um, 
Reticulans. Okay. And now Ron Hubbard, being the founder of Scientology, I believe he... Also, real reference, definitely. Yes. They worked together, and L. Ron Hubbard like, stole his uh, <laughs> wife and yes. a bunch of his money because L. Ron Hubbard was like, yo, just give me some money. I'm going to like buy some boats, and then, you know, I'll like... I'll give you the boat, dude. Yeah. And, um, flim flam man gonna flim flam. And then he just stole the boat and his wife. Yeah. yeah. L. Ron Hubbard. What a... Talk about another ah. very American figure. Could only really happen mm-hmm. in America. Yes, yeah, quite a, quite the voice. Yes, that too. Yeah. Any any listeners at home, if you aren't familiar, I feel like there's tons of YouTube videos of him speaking. And it's like, you will immediately wonder how an entire religion can be like yeah. based around... That guy. Pseudo-worship of, yeah, L, L-R-H, I believe mm-hmm. is. And he was like a science fiction writer. Yes, of so like not a very good one from what I understand. But yeah, I mean, Jeff, a lot of failed Jeff writers. Jack Parsons was like, this is the guy. Yeah. He's my yeah. best friend. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, and so he did the Babylon working uh, with L. Ron Hubbard. Uh, the, uh, you know, Wikipedia says like the Mojave Desert. Mm-hmm. Um, Were drugs involved? Probably. Yeah, I think yeah. uh, Jack Parsons had a lot of drugs on him at all times. He like also made his own drugs. Man, drugs from that time period like had to just be so... Like, we don't know anything yeah, about those know. types of drugs. Homemade drugs. Yeah. Bathtub drugs. Yeah, or like jet fuel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It could have, you know, maybe they uh, intermixed the two. Yeah. Um. So, uh, yeah, so the... The Babylon working, he I guess he, he wanted to summon some aliens. And then um, a colleague of Parsons said uh, Parsons would test rockets in the uh, Arayo Seco Canyon, which is uh, two hours and 21 minutes from uh, White Sands, uh, okay. New Mexico. And there's a quote um, in within the secret history saying he wanted to explore Explore uh, the explosive science of both literal and metaphorical variety, variety, believing they would open up a gate, uh, attempting to summon the goddess of Babylon. Uh, Parsons also wanted to bring forth a, a moon child and did mm-hmm. a ceremony uh, to try to uh, summon the moon child uh, a weekend before uh, the Roswell, uh, New Mexico incident. Mm, did he? Mm. Did he see like a correlation between that? Uh, I think like they wanted to summon Babylon. Um, it kind of gets a little like convoluted. Yeah, I mean that's um, that's magic for you. <laughs> yeah, and it, so yeah, we could get into. Um, I guess the, yeah, the Babylon working. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the Babylon working, uh, Babylon is the scarlet woman of Mm -hmm. uh, Revelation, um, also known as the Great Mother um, or the Mother of All uh, Abominations. Um, That sounds so fucking metal. (laughs) mm -hmm. And uh, Jack Parsons was doing all these rituals from 1945 to 1946, um, right before the great, like the big saucer flap, mm-hmm. and also while um, the atom bomb gets de- detonated. Okay. So maybe he saw that like as an opportunity. Yeah. Um, let's see. Yeah. Um, so Kenneth Grant. Um, 
How will I tie him in? Um, he talks about all this. Uh, and who is Kenneth Grant? Kenneth Grant is an English occultist. Okay. Um, he ended up being like Aleister Crowley's secretary and then supposedly um, Aleister Crowley's um, successor. Okay. And um, he wrote a series of books called the Typhonian Trilogies. Okay. Um, and he says that... Um, Let's see. Um, like Jack Parsons, like opened up a portal and something flew in, and these were um, entities, you know, like tr- from from outer space. To mm-hmm. to put it uh, simply, mm-hmm. how am I going to tie this in? So if you're <laughs> if you're an occultist, you're into Western esotericism. When you're learning Western esotericism, you'll be presented with a series of topics, um, alchemy, astrology, uh, the tarot, and um, the Kabbalah. Yes. And so, um, Kenneth Grant posited that the atom bomb, with the help of Jack Parsons, um, basically opened a door into our reality. And you could locate this door with on the tree of life. Um, okay. And this would be right here. Um, yes, you were pointing at okay that which is if people are familiar with the tree of life, it uh, would be the eleventh Sephirah. Okay. It's the the secret Sephirah on the the tree of life, and this is it's between. Um, Bana, which is the third sephira, and Chakma, which is um, the second sephira. And um, basically, it's part of uh, it comes from the supernal uh, triangle, which you could think of the holy trinity. This gotcha. is like in the unmade before matter. Okay, yeah. Once you hit Doth, like you're going from like you're going from no matter or like antimatter. To matter. Okay. And um, this is where the the entities are, are coming through into our world. Gotcha. In um, Judaism, uh, there's a story of the of creation, and before our realm um, came into being, there was you know like offshoot realities and beings, um, and they are called. Uh, Cliff, like the Clepo, okay. Clepo, and uh, or Kelly Pot, whatever, however you want to say it, and they are like the empty husks, and they actually um, talk backwards. Okay, which is yeah, is very um, relevant. Yes, there is backwards talking in Twin Peaks for people that yes. don't know within uh, the Black Lodge. Yes, so I definitely think that is um, a reference. Um, to this yeah. Um, topic, yeah. Mm-hmm. I wondered, Mr. Hubbard, if you could explain simply to a layman what Scientology is. I think that'd be a relatively easy idea because it's actually a subject which is designed by the layman. And if you couldn't explain it to the layman, you would have a very difficult time of it. The subject of name means skill 
which means knowing how to know in the fullest sense of the word, ology, which is study of. So it is actually study of knowingness. That is what the word itself means. To me, that doesn't mean very much. I don't understand that. I mean, what does it do for you, in theory? It increases one's knowingness. But if a man were totally aware of what was going on around him, he would find it relatively simple to handle any outnesses in that. Even after three hours of talking, we never got an explanation from him that we could understand. Laura, I figures at home, I know, I told, I know, I know. I know I told you we were going to get lost in the sauce together, so welcome to the sauce. We are lost in it, but just in an attempt to try to recap sort of what we've been talking about and relaying it back to Twin Peaks, uh, what we've covered thus far is basically, from what I understand, Mark Frost's attempt to tie a pseudo-real, you know, depending on what you believe, secret history of the United States and then kind of have it intersect with like where we find ourselves in Twin Peaks with all the supernatural happenings, specifically the Black Lodge. Because in the Black Lodge, we have backward speaking people, which could relate to these uh, aliens. Clephotic entities. Clephotic entities. The the husks. And thus, so, so where we're at right now is we're with Jack Parsons, working the Babylon ritual, uh... And then where we're at in Twin Peaks is basically just like we at least now kind of have an understanding of this Black Lodge and like perhaps, you know, where this this interdimensional space may actually, what real world counterpart or real world explanation could be used to mm-hmm. tell us what it is. Yes? Correct. Cool. Yes. <laughs> All right. Back to the sauce. All right, and um, so Milford, Dougie Milford, our man in black, uh, investigates Jack, well, once again, um, and he deems him a security threat, and uh, Jack dies two days later in his lab by an explosion which uh, blows off his uh, right forearm. And if you remember, uh, in the first season of Twin Peaks, uh, we have the one-armed man. His name is Philip Gerard, and he has a right forearm. He has severed um, his left forearm. Mm-hmm. Uh, also throughout the series, um, I believe Agent Dale Cooper's left arm starts to get a little possessed. Mm-hmm. Um, Bob's left arm it also... Um, also gets, you know, like shaky, tingly. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Fire Walk With Me, Laura Palmer's, um, I I think, right arm goes numb. Yes, yes, I or do believe no. so. I think it's left. Yes. Actually. Yeah. And then uh, Teresa Bankett Banks, left the, arm. Another, uh, like a friend of Laura Palmer's uh, she, that is she, also like mm-hmm. works at... The, sex worker. Yeah, sex worker mm-hmm. at One-Eyed Jacks and all that. Uh, so is it safe to say that Mark Frost may have very well already had these ideas running in his mind when he collaborated with David Lynch to write the show? I, I believe so. Like, do you think he kind of, like, I think made maybe... this book to almost kind of, like, get, get it out of yeah. himself to be like, 
There you this go. is why I thought, this is why I wrote these crazy things mm-hmm. and to kind of give us the fans like a little bit of like, oh, okay, it, and I'm doing quotes here, makes more sense now. Yeah, it makes, <laughs> makes, more, makes <laughs> more sense. Which it actually like, mm-hmm. I feel like Twin Peaks is the type of thing. It's like the, as, as the listeners can hear us and you didn't even hear the off mic discussions trying to like, the more you learn, the like deeper you go mm-hmm. like which is kind of yeah almost the theme of twin peaks hmm. how did i stumble into that I don't uh know. jack parsons also has like the ring on his finger mm. uh within mm. uh the secret history and then if you uh read liver 49 uh while he's doing uh the babylon working which is a thalemic uh, his uh, receiving oh. of the oh. working, which he posited was the fourth book of the law, if you know okay. um, Crowley's um, extraterrestrial uh, channeling yes, of yeah. the book of the law. And we could get into that if you'd like. Um, he, in Liber 39, while he starts to do uh, these rituals to uh, summon Babylon, someone in his party's uh, right arm also goes okay. numb. So it's definitely a theme. I think the arm might be Jack Parsons' arm. And do you think this relates at all to, like, I know it's kind of a little too on the nose, but, like, there's right-hand path, left-hand path. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know those aren't, like, literal discussions of things but i mean most people are right-handed so being left-handed was seen as so yeah there's the right hand path and the the left hand path and i think it really goes back to like like hindu okay okay um dang we're we are digging deep yeah i'm like sinking i'm sinking why did i even ask yeah um but um to relate back to the show um i think you know like the arm is the right arm, uh, that character, which is why Philip... Which is, like, the little person. The little man. He's the arm. I am the arm. The yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. that's David Lynch, but, you know, he's, yes, he's yeah. the arm. I, I can't do the little man. Um, no, I mean, it's... And especially with the... The backwards. The backwards speaking, which they... I, they did, right? They actually mm-hmm, spoke They spoke back. backwards and then played it forwards. Dang. Have you ever tried that? No, I've never Dang. tried that. I, I keep... The, I have to every, read it. Every time I see those scenes in Twin Peaks, I'm like... I try to, like, say what they're saying backwards. Be like, can can I do that? Like, can't... Twin Peaks. Skeet. Yeah. New. Like... It's a good try. Yeah, it's like... What a what a unique set that must have been. To, what a what a, a vibe good, on great, on set. Great skill. Like, yeah, for real. It's mm-hmm. like of all the things we were talking about that uh, I'm sure the <laughs> listeners, if they're David Lynch fans at all, have seen plenty of videos of him directing and just like the you know out of pocket moments. But like a lot of interesting, like either speak backwards or the one that you were talking to me about with like the kids who's well, directing. The babies. Yeah, yeah. Like, roll, make your noise. Make your noise. Yeah. Roll, it'd be so beautiful, <laughs> so beautiful if you, if you did that. Please just make your noise. Roll, roll around on the ground. Now all that way. <laughs> roll around. Yeah. How did we wait this? We are forty minutes in, and we <laughs> oh, just wow. now did a David Lynch impression. That's mm-hmm. like, huh? Wow. And good for us. I yeah, think good that for was, us. Like, showed some restraint. But anyways, back to Jack. Oh, yep. So his uh, right forearm blows off, and uh, he's he's out of the picture. Um, but yeah, but relating back to the arm and uh, the shows, if 
Um, I, I think like the left arm getting possessed would be like Bob possessing someone. If you remember in mm. Firewalk with me, Bob's mm-hmm. trying to possess Laura. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's obviously going back uh, at Teresa Banks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Philip Gerard, on the other hand, seems to be an agent of the arm. Uh, and he mm. has his right arm still. So, yeah, that's my theory on that. Okay, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um... Yeah, or do you want to go after that? Yeah, I mean, I'm just as far as, I mean, you've you said you read all of the secret history. You've read I've the read. actual. Mm-hmm. Like, is there any other just moments that you feel from the book or like explanations that Mark Frost gave for certain moments in the show? Any other that stood out to you? Um, if you do. Um, remember I mentioned that Jack Parsons, um, I guess we could talk about episode eight and okay, how episode it eight, directly, yes. um, relates to episode eight. Now, unfortunately you are, or not unfortunately, but for the listeners at home, I am good. I have not seen episode eight yet of the third season mm-hmm. of Twin Peaks. So th- this is going to spoil it for me, but Bat and I were talking before the show about kind of the unspoilable nature of Twin Peaks. You said you spoiled it for yourself by seeing the movie before you saw any of the series. I also did the same thing. And Mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, if you're at home and you want to, you know, risk it, like I would say, just like allow yourself to be spoiled because as we've already said, like the, there is really no ruining the show by like, there's many the deeper streams you go. to explore exactly, in Twin yeah. Peaks. The, Endless. Yeah, the deeper you go, the deeper you go. Nerding so, out. Yeah. Come uh, along with us. So in episode eight, uh, you are brought to White Sands, New Mexico, um, in 1945, and you see the first atomic bomb be detonated. Um, and then there's lots of fire, lots of um, ashes, and you eventually see a big gray being starts okay. spewing out um all these beings from uh its mouth okay. okay and bob uh happens to be in one of these uh little eggs um mm, and then okay. you um, this is perfect yeah this is actually it, it ties it together it back, why yes. i'm telling you all this yeah. weird shit and um then you see um the woodsman you know, the like, do you remember above the convenience store um, in Fire Walk With Me, there's that uh, man, uh, he has like ash all over his face yes. or the long beard. Well, yes. a bunch of those guys happen to be like circling outside of what looks like a burnt out um, convenience store. And the convenience store starts getting like smaller okay. and larger, almost like a camera, oh, like yeah. trying to like focus. I have it almost like they're, they're just like coming into view um and while this is happening uh the world kind of goes in a a standstill um a lot of people are going and this is still supposed to be like in the 40s yes in 1945 this is like a flashback the day okay yeah and um like a weird frog bug, like crawls into this little girl's mouth. God, I love David um, Lynch. One of the woodsmen <laughs> is like going up to people saying, "Got a light," and like crushing yeah. their skulls. Mm, and I then, have seen. I've seen that clip. Mm, yeah. Then yeah. you also you cut to uh, the giant or yeah. 
what is his name in the return? The fireman um, mm. put, you know, trying to put out the fires. Uh, you go to his realm, which is this old like 1920s theater. Mm-hmm. And he's watching all this happen. And he's with a lady. And they, you know, like come up with an orb, which has Laura Palmer's um, face in it. And they like put her into the world um, maybe as a counterbalance okay. or as a result or okay. maybe... She's the moon child that was um, mm. summoned because um, Kenneth Grant, who talks about all this stuff relating uh, to Jack Parsons, a real person, a real a yeah. real person, um, said that the the moon child could be summoned through sex magic, and it was. Um, Made up of extraterrestrial and human elements. So okay. maybe, you know, Laura Palmer's not so human after okay. all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would explain too, like her, like duet, like she's constantly fluctuating between like, you know, uh, the virgin and the mm-hmm. whore. Like, yeah, as exactly. Far as archetypes and, and she stuff. definitely has those, those both archetypes. Yeah. And it's very. In relation to Babylon as well. Just from my, what I you know, my upbringing or whatever, like very Jesus-like as well. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like Taking God and man. Taking care of Audrey's brother. And yeah, like mm-hmm. has like... Hanging a, out with hookers. Yeah, but also like sort of like dealing with the devil and like mm-hmm. kind of like... Directly. Yeah, but yeah. I will say after watching Firewalk with me recently, like I found myself oddly, like I say oddly moved, like at the end of it because I couldn't quite say like what... I was upset about or why mm-hmm. I was like tearing up but that's kind of what you're hitting upon is like that that She's complexity like of Laura mm-hmm. that uh it also kind of like speaks to just I suppose what it feels like to be human sometimes it's like that push and pull between like you know and then maybe the alien part of you and the- <laughs> like created to take on these yeah. like big horrible horrible things horrible yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, um, I guess, and also just to relate back, um, to, like, Cooper as someone that's investigating, um, all these things, he is really going on, uh, you know, a a traditional Western, Western, like, esotericist, Mm. uh, journey. The fool's journey, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, um, if... I think it it might be the Golden Dawn as well as the Lemma. I'm not sure, but they both work uh, with the Tree of Life. And so when you like first start, your first goal is to speak to your holy guardian angel, mm-hmm. um, which I think kind of happens in the first season of Twin Peaks with okay. uh, Cooper coming into contact. With the fireman? With the giant? With the giant. Yes. Um, yeah, and so you'd be like here, and then you go up to here so like you start at the bottom of tree of life in the kingdom and then for what people people have probably seen the tree of life yeah pull up a diagram everyone's yeah it's yeah a series of uh uh i guess just to basically describe it it's a series of circles interconnected leading to like a top circle which is representative of the godhead i mean it's Mm -hmm. definitely a as i've heard it kabbalah is a meta system it is a system it's, for describing a system like it, it's um it's not it's a diagram of yes. the cosmos and how creation uh, came yeah. into being it's not to be taken like at as they say in occult circles don't 
the map is not the territory. Yes. Like it is so merely maybe describing like head states. Um, yeah, much like how an atom, like the drawing of an atom, is not actually like how it exists exactly like, unto itself. So, kind of the Kabbalic tree of life is similar to that. I hope that explains anything to people at home, but probably not. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, your first task is to contact the HGA. Second task is to um, cross the abyss. Um, mm. I had mentioned before um, Doth being the portal uh, where these entities came through that also happens to be uh, the, the abyss uh, where mm. the dweller on the threshold um, lives. And if you remember in the first season of Twin Peaks, uh, Deputy Hawk mentions um the dweller on the threshold mm, it's uh mm-hmm. where you um you know like go to meet uh your your doppelganger okay essentially. yeah well that uh where you go to confront yourself okay either you're you know like you go with complete courage or your soul's utterly annihilated and so um i yeah i think maybe the atomic bomb kind of like has led us there like as humanity Um, but Cooper is also also... sort of going on this journey um, himself towards the end of the return uh, with uh, Laura Palmer yeah Cooper you may be fearless in this world but there are other worlds Tell me more. My people believe that the White Lodge is a place where the spirits that rule man and nature here reside. Local legend goes way back. There is also a legend of a place called the Black Lodge, the shadow self of the White Lodge. Legend says that every spirit must pass through there on the way to perfection. There your own shadow self my people call it the dweller on the threshold the dweller on the threshold but it is said if you confront the black lodge with imperfect courage it will utterly annihilate your soul Well, this is probably the understatement of the year, but I would say that's a wrap. I think we got to the bottom of it. I think that uh, we totally understand the show. Nothing more. No mysteries abound. I'm obviously <laughs> being sarcastic. Uh, but just, yeah, some final thoughts for the listeners at home. I mean, I'll say this. I feel like what we covered here and kind of the intricacies and the mysteries and the ins and outs and the like all these possibilities is kind of indicative of what makes Twin Peaks so long lasting and makes people keep coming back to it because it's sort of like the more you learn about it the more you want to learn about it but uh yeah any final thoughts from you Beth just something to leave the listeners with something to hang their hat on sure yeah um twin peaks is a great show if you're a nerd and you want to uh get into the occult and um be a detective yourself Mm, um it's a very interactive uh show it also has great stories of uh 
redemption. Mm-hmm. And then if you're, you know, just sick of the glorified uh, hero boy and yeah. you don't want to see all his uh, faults and him get, you know, flushed down a toilet into you know, outer space, definitely um, <laughs> yeah. check it out. Hell yeah. Uh, well, yeah, this is the time for more promotion. So, yeah, any way for the fakers to follow you as well as, yeah, a reminder of those shows coming up. Yeah, uh, check me out on Instagram at uh, batstchip, batstchip. Um, if you like my art, just give me a DM. I'm working on uh, getting a website shop back up again, and I... Uh, I'll just repeat it again. I have two uh, shows coming up with Grinhound. You could also follow us on Instagram with Fugitive Bubble, Larval State, and Attic Brain at the courts, September 25th, and then September 28th, see us again um, with Z-Pack. They're on No Deal, very cool, uh, and Princess. Uh, you never heard a princess like this. Uh, at the <laughs> Rock Room, your favorite cigarette. Uh September 28th, yeah. Yeah, wow. I thought I was sitting with a radio host for a second. <laughs> that was so well said. Well, yeah, follow us on Instagram at Fake Ritual. And uh, I would, you know, just tell your friends about the show. That's basically the only uh, direction I give to listeners anymore because I feel like that's the best way for podcasts to get around as people are like, hey, check this out. This is a fun little show, especially, you know, P- Pittsburgh peeps. You know, it's always fun to be like, hey, this is a local show. So, uh, yeah, just tell your friends. Follow us on Instagram. And uh, this is the part of the show where uh, we tell the listeners at home to go fake themselves. So uh, I will count us down and then we will tell them such. Okay. Also, uh, I believe if you're hearing anything in the background right now, that is Bat's performance of what do you call it? the James Hurley song. Just yeah. you and I. Yeah. Yeah, the... Angelo Badalamente. We didn't even talk about that moment of... I made it last made it last night. Hell yeah, love yeah. it, yeah. And, yeah, because there's also moments in the show of just, like, musical... Like doo-wop. Doo-wops, yeah. But anyways, okay, we're going to count it down and we're going to tell these fakers to do what they do. So, on 3, 2, 1, go fake yourselves. Go fake yourself! There it is.